Thank you, Pastor Ryan. Christy and I had a chance to get a few days away for our anniversary this week. Spent a couple of nights, uh, I guess, in Smyrna and got a red nose from watching the Braves game with the sun right on my nose. As we celebrated 27 years, it was really great. But I just was curious here this morning, how many have one of these? Is there anybody here who doesn't have one of these? Well, on, on, your, on your anniversary, if one of your phones breaks, I want you to know it's difficult to share one phone between two people on your anniversary. <laughs> we'll get something for you, Christy, I promise, <laughs> just as soon as possible. She's like, don't do that to me. Well, as you know, uh, some time ago, we uh, announced uh, our resignation here, and we were going through a, a little different type of transition, and so... Uh, you, you know, next, this is my last Sunday in the pilot seat, if you will, as a senior pastor. And Ryan will assume that position uh, by next Sunday. And, and so, and I will be here for the next three months assisting Ryan. So just if you were questioning and didn't know exactly what was going on, that's what's going to happen. And at the end of that three-month period, this church body, those members age 15 and older, will have an election as to whether Ryan will be the permanent senior pastor. So here I am at the uh, very strange all week. It's been on my mind. This is kind of one of my last deals in, in, with you, and so it seems so strange. But can you imagine that 3,650 days roughly ago we met? Well, no, we met longer than that, but I became the senior pastor. 3,600, that's a long time, isn't it? That's hard to believe. I can't believe that you've given me the opportunity to be a part of this, and it's been exciting, and we have had some great times, and we've had some difficult times. We've cried, we've laughed, and that's part of life, isn't it, going through the journey, and so what a, what a blessing it is. You know, there are good and there are bad things, and I, and I love this church. I absolutely love it. Um, I often hear pastors talk about previous churches and talk about how bad it was there and different people and I, I, I'll go away and I don't have that ability to do that. Uh, I, I go and, and for every church that I've ever been in I, it's been sad uh, to leave. But I, I love this church and this morning as we dive into John chapter 3 there's some uh, parallels that you will recognize in our situation. I do not presume to put myself or Pastor Ryan in any of these situations, or, or you put names, don't do that. Just listen to the message, but you will also see that it's a clear uh, uh, message for us this morning. And, and John chapter 3, and that baby is beautiful noise to me, beautiful noise. John chapter 3, beginning in the 22nd verse, which you know is not very long after John uh, 3.15, 3.16. Uh, it's, it's very interesting here, but here it is, and you've been standing a while this morning, so I'll, I'll, you can remain seated, but beginning in that 22nd verse of John chapter 3, it says, after these things, Jesus and his disciples came into the land of Judea, and there he remained with them and baptized. Now John also was baptizing at Anon near Salim, because there was much water there, and they came and were baptized. For John had not yet been thrown into prison. Then 
there arose a dispute between some of John's disciples and the Jews about purification. And they came to John and said to him, Rabbi, he who was with you beyond the Jordan, to whom you have testified, behold, he is baptizing, and all are coming to him. And John John answered and said, A man can receive nothing unless it is given to him from heaven. You yourselves bear witnesses that I said, I am not the Christ, but I have been sent before him. He who has the bride is the bridegroom, but the friend of the bridegroom who stands and hears him rejoices greatly because of the bridegroom's voice. Therefore, this joy of mine is fulfilled. He must increase, but I must decrease. He who comes from above is above all. He who is of the earth is earthly and speaks of the earth. He who comes from heaven is above all. And I'll stop there. I've already gone past what I want to use this morning. May the Lord add his blessing to his word. Interesting situation. John the baptizer is, uh, has been heavily engaged in ministry. Uh, people have become, to flock, become flocking to his ministry. They really think a whole lot of him. And, and so here he is baptizing. And, and there's this confusion. We don't even really know what bi- baptism means yet, right? Christ has not died. And so, in, in essence, they have been relating it to a, a ritual purification of cleansing with water. And so, therefore, that's basically what most of them said. Yeah, I want to be washed clean by, and I want to appear before God. And, you know, Jesus is going to transform, transform that into meaning acceptance of, of his sacrifice. But ultimately, we, we have this situation, and they're talking about purification, in arguing about this thing. Jesus is over there, and he's baptizing people left and right. That's not true. If you go back in the next chapter, you'll see he only baptized the 12 disciples. That's all he baptized. But they're saying, oh, he's over there baptizing everybody. Now, it's true there might have been some people with Jesus who were, who were helping, and maybe there were more people. And there were obviously more people over there with Jesus than there were with John the Baptist. And they're like, man, we're with you. We're on your team. What's going on here? How in the world can his ministry be more important? You are the best thing we've ever seen. His people viewed it and thought it was competition. It's like churches sometimes. We, we get between churches and we think somehow there's a competition. Well, they do it better, therefore I'll go there. They do this better, then I'll go there. And, and all of a sudden, next thing you know, there's one church saying that they're more important than other. I want you to know that all churches are important. It doesn't matter what size. I, I, was, I was talking with Melanie this morning. I think that um, Jensen Franklin has a great statement. You know, it's church of, what, 16,000 people now over there? And he says, you think little churches aren't important? He said, I attended a church, little church all my entire life. And he said, and out of that, something came. So there's always something. But there is no competition here because it's not about us. I think sometimes we worry about being on the winning team too much because we really like to be on the winning team. Right, Jeff? Yeah. It's funny, isn't it? That somehow we're on the winning team just because we choose to affiliate. (laughs) We choose to affiliate and somehow we're winners. Isn't that funny how that works? We just choose. And that's what's happening here. I've chosen to be with you, John the Baptist. You are the guy. And all of a sudden, now, that guy's more important. Now, I'm not the winner anymore. Because I'm not associated with the winner. Because now, it looks like somebody else is going to become the winner. All because I have chosen to associate. I imagine there were some who just trickled over to, to Jesus' camp and said, All right, you're yesterday's news. What you do is not important anymore. I'll just be with Jesus now. 
That's how often that happens in the church. People just go from one place to the next thing. And, oh, that's the next thing, and I want to be a part of that. I do want to be a part of something miraculous. I do want to be part of a winning team. I really do. But I recognize this, that it's not really about me winning. But it's about Jesus and what he would have. So John responds. And boy, does he respond in such a way that all of us should pay such close attention to. Here's not a jealous note in his body. Nor did his response say that I am afraid that I'm going to lose my ministry. I'm going to lose the power that I have. That, I, that all of a sudden that things are going to be different for me. And, and no one will even pay attention to me anymore. He doesn't respond at all that way. There's no apparent fear of losing some people who might convert to the new faith. There's none of that. They're not really worried about that. John is not worried. In fact, he says, you know what must happen? He must increase. And I must decrease. I like lots of different versions of how it's been said. He must gain more. I must gain less. He must become more prominent. I must become less so. He must become greater. I must become less. This principle of John's statement goes so much farther beyond this little scene that we see ourselves in. This little baptism scene where someone is saying, I want to be, we got to lift you up, you got to be important, you got to be, and, and somebody else. It's so much more than that. I want you, it, it's the very truest Christian character that's coming through here. Who said those words? He must increase, I must increase. Yeah, you know it's John the Baptist. But, but who, who is John the Baptist? You know, because ultimately, you know, maybe that's good for some, but not for me. Maybe that's good for somebody else. But think about it. It's important to recognize who said that. What kind of person is John the Baptist? What, what about his character? What about his integrity? It's easy to think, oh, <laughs> look across the church here and say I see them and they need to hear this message isn't it it's easy to look out there and see somebody they need to hear it they oh, I'm so glad they're here today but John the Baptist is the one who said it and what I can read in scriptures he's a great man in fact in Luke it says that he leaps for joy in his mother's womb when he gets close to Jesus. He's so tied into the Holy Spirit already before he's even born. It says in, earlier in Luke it says he was filled with the Holy Spirit from his mother's womb from the very birth. It says in, in Mark that he was considered the great prophet to prepare the way for the Lord. And Jesus said of him, and this is what's really miraculous in, in, in Matthew eleven eleven. Jesus says, among them that are born, among, well, says, among them that are born among women, there is not a, there has not risen a greater than John the Baptist. There is nobody that I know who lives on this earth that is greater than John the Baptist. That's who Jesus said. Jesus said, that is the most important and the, and the most significant person that I have ever met and know. And guess what? That most significant, most important, really engaged in ministry, really heavily full of the Holy Spirit. Guess what he says? He must increase. I must decrease. 
So when you look and you see, oh, they need to hear this message, it goes to the best, most possible Christian that you can ever find this morning. It is the message of Christianity that he must increase, I must increase, never get engaged in worshiping some minister or worshiping some ministry or worshiping some church. All of it points in the wrong way. And yet, this most important person that Jesus says has ever walked, he realizes humility is the way. He must decrease. Jesus must increase. We have to see the same thing. John does serve as an example for us. What he said should become a pattern for us. But you know something? Sometimes we have a problem with it. Oh no, pastor. Not us. We're all straightforward and we care what you just said and all of us agree to it. But you know what? Sometimes we do have a little bit of difficulty in, in it. It's frequently a blind spot. This kind of mentality and belief leads to all kinds of areas of our, of our thoughts and our motives and our actions about dying to ourselves. It's the issue that God ultimately is Lord of my life and I am a servant. That is a drastic word. I do not like to be a servant in the right sense. I, you know, get your own pizza, you know? Oh, I need to get your pizza, right? Get your own. There's some water. There's some water over there. Go get your own water. You know, that's that's just that's naturally intrinsic to who I am. But I know the scripture tells me that the servant is the right mentality. And if I don't remind myself, guess what I'll do all the time? I'll, I'll always tell you to go get your own pizza. But then I, when I begin to recognize, and this is such a small little picture of what I'm talking about, I bring like, hey, I can be a servant. In fact. The servants, and a servant was the one who Jesus said was the most important person that had ever been born of woman. But sometimes we have a problem with that. Think about this for a moment right now. How many church problems, and some of you people have been in church a long time. Some of you may not have been. But I want you to even think about in the workplace, whatever. How many churches or workplaces are call, problems are caused by a failure to surrender to this one point of Christian teaching. All, I would almost say almost all problems that we see in the church are when excuses are removed, there's just one solution. You want to fix the problem. He must increase and I must decrease. I don't always have to have my way. I can let some other people have that way. And I even though it's, sometimes that's what we get involved in. Oh, well, if that doesn't go my way, then I'm out of here. I, that, oh, I, I can't know. It's, if we're doing all the right things, ultimately trying to decide what Christ would do, and we can come together and glorify God, that's what it's about. In fact, when you go back and you listen to that, that old familiar passage of Scripture, Kent Poffin, it just escaped me. We talk about it all the time. <laughs> Two or more gathered in my name, there am I in the midst. It's a great passage of Scripture. And you think two or more gathered in this midst. But I, do you know what the real connotation is? Is that when two or more of you can come together 
And when there's a dispute happening, and when you can come together and have a conclusion, you can recognize that I am in the midst of that. That I am in the midst of that. Now, that interpretation of two or more together, that's not wrong because we know it's true. But the real interpretation of that is that when two people are having it, or multiple, and two can come together, and when people begin to come together and they have that, then you can say, there is God in the midst of that decision. And so what happens sometimes, and I don't want to get too far into the, to the weeds of this, sometimes everybody wants to go this way, but I don't want to go that way. But I'd say when two or more are gathered and they can decide, then you can figure that God is, is, is in the midst of that when, that when that comes together. I think it's the same thing. When they all split, then God's not in that. Important to recognize that sometimes we need to lay down our own wants and desires for the betterment of God. Not just me. But it's more than that. I think too often we're willing to do this. I think God's important and I'm going to uplift God. But you know what, God? Do I really have to be taking it out of the spotlight? Can I just hang there right beside you? Can I just be a part of the, of the shining star with you? Why, why do I have to be pushed over to the... No, yes, God, you are important. But you know what? I'm second most fact we have disciples who argue about that you know if I can't be second then I'm third or fourth I I need to be close let me let the spotlight shine on you but let me be in that light too it's great God that we're going to make you more prominent but don't make me lose prominence I think too often Christians are self-centered not Christ-centered we think of how things will affect us rather than how they affect Christ. We think about how things will affect us rather than how they might affect Christ. I mean, think about it. I'm not saying it's wrong to pray the way that we pray. But how often do we pray about us, our need, what will help us what will help our job? What will help our health? We can go on and on, and I'm not saying those are bad, but when you think about it, how much of our prayer time is spent on those things about me as opposed to the things about God? It's not what we're really adding in there. It's not those things that are wrong. It's what we're leaving out of those prayers that might be the wrong thing. God, show me the way. Show me the way that I might submit. Show me the way that you can be glorified in the midst of whatever I'm going through. Show me the way, God. Show me. Change me. And make me who you want me to be. God, it's been a long time since I made a change in my life. And and I know that I'm not perfect. So God, come and show me the way that I might glorify. That you might be increased, that I might be increased. How often is our prayer life like that? I hope every one of you can say yes every time I pray. But you recognize that is not exactly, he must increase, I must decrease. It's more, God, keep me up there beside you. In fact, Jesus said, if anyone would come after me, he must deny himself, he must take up his cross, he must follow me. Think about this. Some, too often, uh, Christians behave like the bottom line. It's not really what the Bible would teach us or what would Jesus do. Rather, what we would want and how we would feel. I mean, 
We believe that, that tithing is a biblical principle. I mean, sometimes we say, yeah, but God would understand that I can't do that. I need this. And I, well, what would be glorifying to God? What would be glorifying to me? What about fasting? The scriptures tell us all the time that we should pray and we should fast. How many times do we really experience fasting? You know why we don't fast most of the time? Because we don't have time. We just don't want to think about it. And because, you know what? I, I don't know that I could give that up. I don't know that I could give this food, this sweet. I don't know that I could give up this activity or, 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 or this streaming service. That I, I, I don't know that I could do that. And so, therefore, I will make a decision because I know what will make me feel better and more happy as opposed to saying, what would Christ be glorified in? That I could step aside and take away some of my wants and desires and focus on him that I might be more like him. That's a drastic change. He must increase. I must decrease. The scriptures compel us to fast. Examine your life. How much of your life is fasting? The scriptures tell us to pray. How much of our life is praying? And I know that it sounds condemning when I speak to you, but I speak to myself. How much time do you dedicate in praying? I mean, sometimes it's, it's the best you can do to get something in quickly in the morning and maybe, maybe something for lunch and at night. And in total, you, you might have given 60 seconds. I'm not saying that's not a great start, but how much of our time is saying, I am going to stop doing something so that I can do this? You could go on and on about witnessing, telling people about God. For John, there was no compromise. The Lord was supreme, and nothing else would get in the way. You know, just reading through the New Testament, you'll constantly run into the idea that loss is gain. John was expressing what becomes the precedent for Jesus' teaching. No Christian is exempt from this concept of reducing self and raising Christ. It's throughout the entire Bible. See it for yourself, how vital it is for all believers to let God shine. Whoever finds his life will lose it, and whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Paul says, I've been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ within, lives within me. The life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. But what in Galatians... And then Philippians, but whatever was to profit, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. And Romans says we are to be conformed to the likeness of his son. And John said when Christ appears, we will be more like ourselves. We'll be more like each other. No, he says we will be more like him. For me to live, for me to live as Christ and to die as gain. Shaking down, you can take a lot of the scriptures and you can just boil it right down to this. He must increase and I must decrease. If we were good enough like we are or were, there would be no need of Christ on the cross. I desperately need Christ on the cross. I desperately need Christ in sanctification. I need a continual reduction of Gary. 
and a steady increase of Jesus in my life. This is a good time to quit scrambling for the prominence in our lives and give that role to Jesus. I believe that in this society that we live in today, where it appears, and Pastor Josh preached a whole series about happiness and how it seems to be nowhere to be found in our society because we've defined happiness about us increasing, about our prominence, about our ability to have an easier life, about us gathering more, about us, about us. Do this and you'll be better. Get this and you'll be okay. It's what advertisers live on, is make sure that you are unsatisfied so that you will go get, and then you go get, and you say, I'm still not satisfied. And I want to tell you something this morning, over and over, it's not working. Why don't you try something else? It's not working. Try something else. John the Baptist nailed it. And it seems that he was one of the greatest. He said, I got to stop doing that. You can't live for yourself. You can't think that I'll live for Christ. And now, I get it. That sounds kind of strange, doesn't it? But I want you to know when you live for Christ and you ask these things of Christ, the next thing you know, he begins to teach you to do other things in other people's lives. So it's not about just sitting back and then humming and saying, God, and just sitting still. Then when God begins to convict you and say, you need to go to your neighbor. And you need to give them a loaf of bread. You need to go to your neighbor and tell them that you love them and that you're willing to do something for them. You need to be beyond yourself to other people. Quit collecting and start giving. He must increase. I must decrease. If you're not a Christian, you may not understand this, but I think that you've probably got enough in the world's experience to recognize that nothing else is working. But Jesus first. Submit all your life to him as Lord. Give your heart to him. Learn to do what he wants you to do more and more. And if you are a Christian, the message is still the same. Every single day, try to uplift. And when people see you, they see Christ. When people see you, they see someone who knows Christ and lives like Christ and is full of the Spirit. Now, Jesus already said the words, nobody's ever been born of a mother that was better than John the Baptist. And so we're not going to obtain that. That's okay. Because it's not about us anyway. The best we can possibly do is live for Christ. Let people see it. And I am confident there will be joy in that. Now, I don't want to close. <laughs> but I don't know if there's anything more important than that. It's not about us. It's all about Jesus. Stand with me and let's pray. Father, this morning as we come together, Lord, we ask for the words of the gospel to ring true in our hearts. God, it's very possible that some didn't hear the message this morning because there's just a lot of things and I don't blame them. A lot of things and sometimes it's difficult to sit down and listen for a long time. But God, I pray that your Holy Spirit would bear witness with the Spirit in this room, with the spirits in this room. That we would understand, Lord, that joy and happiness, God, is all about you. Lord, help us to, 
to be less self-centered. Help us to be decreasing, Lord, as we uplift you. Our lives don't become less. They actually become more living for you. Father, I pray that anyone in this room who doesn't understand that you would make it plain. Guide us and lead us, Father, as we live for you according to your concepts, I pray. In the wonderful, powerful, matchless name of Jesus Christ. Amen. You are dismissed.